Welcome to Call That Girl's Office 365 Show. Keep up with Lisa's day-to-day problems and solutions she encounters with Outlook, third-party apps, and Office 365. The learning never ends, folks. Learn from Lisa. You're listening to Call That Girl's Office 365 Show. I'm Lisa Hendrickson, your hostess, and this is show number 28. Just a reminder, you can find my shows and notes at callthatgirl.biz slash office365 or podnuts.com slash ctg. Just a reminder, the show is about Microsoft Outlook and Office 365, Microsoft Exchange migrations, and other technically entertaining stories I could share from my past week or so of work. And also keep in mind, if you're wanting to learn Office 365 and need help with your clients, I am available for hire by the hour of project, as well as I give discounts to techs for Outlook help. You can email me, lisa, at callthatgirl.biz. You can also check out my how-to videos on youtube.com slash callthatgirl. All right. Now, before we jump into my show, I always want to thank my sponsors at River, email and website security specialists. AppRiver offers phenomenal Office 365 sales and support, and they have been my preferred vendor for all of my clients for almost two and a half years. I'm thrilled to have them as a sponsor. If you've listened to my past shows, you've probably heard me talk about them often. And if you'd like to set up a time to talk to my rep, Steve Harris, you can email him at sharris at appriver.com. Well, you know, people, in the past few shows, they've been, well, actually the last couple shows, I guess, I had a lot of drama, you know. And after the last show, I just was like, wow, how come I'm always, like, getting screwed over? Why is all this happening to me? So I kind of had my come to Jesus, and I was like, look, all of these problems can be managed a lot better. And I was, like, feeling kind of, like, (laughs) sad that I have to keep telling you guys all these learning lessons. So I finally decided to listen to my own advice. And in the last two weeks since my last show, I've had nothing but great client calls. And that's how I hope them to be. I've learned to um, document a little bit tighter, track my time better, and I've been actually telling clients as I'm booking the appointments the expectations that they need. Like, like um, for example, a client to call in and say, oh, I've got this big mess and this and it's Gmail and all this stuff. And I say, well, look, you know, I haven't actually put this on my website. Um, I said, you know, look, Gmail typically is not an easy repair, so I can quote you one hour up to four, and the average is two and a half. And I've had a few people say, wow, that's really expensive. And I say, yeah, it is, but I do a good job, and it'll be fixed. And there's other options. You know, you can go to Exchange. You can do this. And I've had a few people turn me down, but I'd rather have them turn me down than to have them have sticker shock at the end and give them a $350 bill. And that to me, I was really proud of myself for, you know, telling the clients earlier on, here's what the past client got. Here's what it's going to take. And, um, you know, I just think I'm just kind of getting my crap together a little bit better. (laughs) Might be a good way to put it. So this show should be all happy stories. I don't have any dramas and I just, uh, as I said in my last show, I'm getting ready to take off to Vegas here. I leave on Monday, the 21st, so if you're listening to the show around that time, I'm going to be on the road. And then I was talking to Mitch, my uh, audio engineer, and I said maybe the next shows we're going to start doing them live on YouTube and start generating some more um, different topics and stuff once I get settled. 
because it's been hard for me with travel. I have a horrible computer set up right now because I'm traveling. But anyway, yesterday I spent almost a good portion of my day working on a video called um, How to Do Microsoft Email Migrations, or actually How to Do Microsoft Exchange Migrations. And I thought it would just be a quick little how-to. <laughs> Not the case. It actually turned out to be 40-some minutes, and that's, you know, start to finish. And I had to cut out a bunch because I had some mess-ups that was embarrassing. But I fixed them, and I cut them out of the video because it was just tomfoolery stuff. But, you know, stuff you guys would probably come across anyway if you're doing them. But I got that video done, and I got it edited, and I'll tell you that editing videos is probably something I don't really like doing, but you have to do it. And then I got it up on YouTube, and so far I've gotten good feedback from it. So these videos I'm creating is a series of Outlook training videos that I hope to have out soon here. I'm going to tell you I've been promising them forever, but it's just a lot of work, and I have to clean up my computer and I have to do all this stuff and then I usually make like three or four of them and then they all suck and then I have to start over and I'm a one-shot person like I like getting it done but they will be out hopefully by the end of October because I've already got a whole bunch done and just getting them into the uh, place where I'm going to distribute them and so you guys can see them but it's a good video and I'm going to put it out there to the audience if anybody's interested in seeing it at no charge and give me a feedback. Um, I'm willing to showcase that video to anybody who emails me, lisa at callthatgirl.biz. But you have to email me feedback. It's going to be required, okay? I really, really, really need the feedback because I just want somebody who's going to learn it and want to give me feedback on it. Okay, finally we can get on to jobs for last week. Um, let's see. Okay, so I've had a company that calls in about every two or three months and all of their employees kept saying well we have a support ticket with you guys and I was like well you don't but you know I'd like to get you guys on one and if you're out doing remote support a lot getting a prepaid ticket system is really nice uh, I've talked about it before but I like the fact that they're kind of like retainer clients and that they now are on the books and I can give them the faster service we can skip all the administrative headache get the appointment scheduled and the company bought an eight-hour ticket. So that was a really nice sale for me this month. Um, now they're, they're salespeople on the road. They're all uh, national and remote like me. So it worked out really nice, and that was an absolute easy sell. So you got to remember, as you're building a business or looking for more cash, to offer a prepaid ticket system and start putting it in your sales pitches when you book clients because you'd be surprised how many people will buy them. And I was happy about that one. It was nice. Um, yesterday I got a call from a client that said, I don't even know what's going on here, but I have a big problem. And so I remoted in in the afternoon and, uh, he had Outlook 2007, which to me is like a very old car. It works, but you got to get a better car. <laughs> and he had IMAP and he had a pop account and another IMAP. And he kind of told me what he wanted. He said, I don't need those two emails anymore but I just am having a lot of problems. And so I moved a lot of mail, uh, cleaned up some of the little issues, and then I realized today when I did the follow-up with him, I was like, something seems really wrong with your inbox. 
So we went to the website login for the email, and the emails I had moved around in the Outlook did not synchronize. So I told him this could be from two different things. One is from a bad uh, IMAP in his current profile, or it was uh, the IMAP was broken completely. So what we did was we went on the website login, created a test folder. I went into Outlook and created a new profile, and all the emails came down. Um, there was only 3,900. The other profile showed 16,000. So There's a big difference. And then, and then the test folder showed up. So I told him, look, this is just a better solution for you, but really a better, better, better solution is for you to upgrade to Outlook 2013 because IMAP in 2007 was horrible. <laughs> Couldn't delete emails, puts a line through everything, just really old and outdated. So um, we did an hour, and he said he's going to call me back, and we'd do another hour. So I was like, good. Or, anyway, he offered to uh, get the ticket because he said, I always need help. And I said, I'm like your IT friend. So keep that in mind. All right. Also, this week I had an interesting call from a lady who said that she'd actually bought two business accounts from Office 365 for her and her son so she could manage his school calendar. And I don't think they actually knew what they were doing when they bought it. Um, she said it used to work fine, then it broke over the summer because they weren't really using it. So I get into her computer, I set his up in her Outlook, and set up hers also. I don't think she had it even set up in Outlook for some testing. So we had two exchanges set up in the Outlook, hers and her son's. And then we proved that it was still working. I mean, really, Exchange doesn't really break from a server point of view. And then we went to her phone, and she's like, yeah, but the app doesn't work. And I said, oh... Honey, you don't need to use the app. Your iPhone actually has a built-in Exchange email account. So on hers, here's what we did is we didn't set up her Exchange. We set up her son's because she just wants to view his calendar. And you can swipe off the mail, contacts, and all the other features and just view the calendar. And it worked about a half-hour job. She was happy as a clam, and she really didn't even need her own <laughs> account. It was not really necessary, but I did show her, like, look, you're using a pop account. If you do want to share these folders with yourself, make use of that five bucks a month you're paying and start using your server, you know? I mean, she's wasting 60 bucks a year on that. But that was a really nice little job, and that kind of prompted me to do some more marketing for family calendar sharing. And, you know, I mean, a family calendar sharing call for me is the same as a business call, so I was like, what the heck? You know, and these folks need these family calendars now. I mean, if you think about it, you got a mom and dad, and they've got a computer, sometimes two. Then they have a phone each. Then they all have a tablet or a Surface or something. And then you've got, let's say, five or six devices between the parents, you know. Then you got the kids, and now the kids have their own phones plus a computer and maybe a tablet. So, I mean, to have a family calendar sharing program in today's world is probably more more needed than anything, especially for all these families with all the kids and the teenagers running around so much. But I, I put it out there, you know, for the marketing, and it's something I offer, but I didn't get a lot of hits on it. But, hey, if you don't market, you don't know, right? Okay, um, I had a nice migration sale this week. The client was, she works in the financial industry, 
and she was using her free cable company email for all of her work. And that just really just kind of makes me weep, just slightly. Whenever I see a client, I'm like, why are you using your free cable account? And they're like, well, I just have for many years. I said, let's get you into your company branded email and pull up your big girl boots. <laughs> and she was so happy to know that I could help her make that transition. And not only that, uh, she had somehow downloaded OneDrive because she had bought Office 365 Home and it messed up her OneDrive. I think she actually signed up with two different accounts at one point. Um, you wouldn't believe what people can do from messes out there. But anyway, so I did the exchange migration for her and gave her her own branded company email. That was easy. Then we worked on trying to update the OneDrive, gave it through the weekend, and on Monday it was a hot mess. There was three or four directories deep of the same uh, documents. I said to her, Look, this one computer has 32,000 emails to still synchronize. The other one had 40, I think 5,000. I said, this is going to take forever. It's never going to synchronize. So, unfortunately, well, fortunately, actually, she was like, what else do you recommend? I said, let's just put you on Dropbox. So she went and found the correct directory that was perfect. We made a copy of it, put it into Dropbox, and that's like a nice clean cut because they're two separate you know, software programs. And then after Dropbox was done syncing, which actually only took about three hours, I mean, really? We just removed OneDrive from all the computers and was done with it. And, you know, this is why I really hate, I've said this before, I hate saying to I'm an Office 365 consultant, but what I'm doing is consulting people to do what works for them. And... Now, if she had called me right out of the gate and we set up OneDrive the correct way, it probably would have worked. But you're dealing with other people's problems, and we know as technicians that we have to go and fix other things. It costs a lot more than just to do it the right way right out of the gate. So anyway, uh, she's happy as a clam. Um, I told her, don't do anything without my help moving ahead. She swore to me she wouldn't, and that's how I know I secured a client because people like that are usually so happy to find somebody that you know, first of all, gets along with them, understands them, knows their technical challenges, knows their technical needs. And she really just had a nice little system. I mean, really, business people like her don't need a lot of stuff anymore. They just want their files to sync. They want two laptops and a phone. Pretty easy stuff nowadays. Then I also had a client that, um, long-term client of mine, always a PC user. She said, I'm so excited. I got a Mac. And those are like words I don't like hearing. <laughs> because anytime I have to help somebody with email on a Mac, it always is a headache somehow. But anyway, uh, I get remoted in. She had an Earthlink account. I set it up. Worked fine. Then, I mean, it's really not difficult to set up email in Outlook 2011. It's quite simple. And then she goes, well, I need my addresses. And I'm like, oh, okay. So here's the two problems. Earthlink has a horrible uh, export for their uh, contacts. You can't export it into a typical file. It has to be, maybe it was because I was on a Mac, actually. I should test it with my next Earthlink client. But it said export as a text file. And, you know, I kind of know how to... Uh, open a text file into Excel and get the data, but um, 
on her computer, it just didn't work and it didn't look normal. So at that point I was like challenged and I was like, okay, what am I going to do to fix this now? I can't get the text into, you definitely could not import it into Outlook 2011. I mean, no question. Could not do that. So I was like, well, what else should I do here? And I thought, well, I could probably move it over to my computer and I could try to fix it on my side and then transfer it over. So the thing with 2011 Mac Outlook is you can only import in an OLM or a PST file. And that's all I could find. And maybe I was doing it wrong. I mean, I'm not perfect. And I do have technical challenges. But uh, So anyway, I ended up taking a text file. I uh, put it over to my computer. I imported it into an Excel file. And I imported that into a Outlook into my contacts. And then I exported out my contacts into a PST file. Then I zipped that, transferred it back to the Mac, and then imported it into her Outlook, and everything was freaking there. I mean, it was a circle. I mean, it was a full roundabout. And I, you know, I was so happy because I love when I get challenges like that. And the thing is, here's what I don't like is if I couldn't fix that problem, two things. One is I wouldn't have felt comfortable billing her, even though I didn't do it, which you kind of feel like you should because you're like, well, I tried. And secondly is I don't like not being able to figure stuff out. That bothers me more than anything that I can't figure out this fix. Like I think as technicians, we, we kind of um, get high off the fix. Like, oh my God, yes, I did it. <laughs> I can't believe I did it. And you're high all day because you fixed that one cool thing that you couldn't Google and you couldn't find and you did it, right? And um, yeah, but to me that really wasn't a fix. It was just more of a circle. But hey, I did it. And now I know for next time which I don't get a lot of Mac Earthlink address book calls, but hey, what the heck, I learned from it. Anyway, that was an interesting one, but, uh, you know, I'm going to do a video coming up about Mac in 2011. There's there's a lot of interesting things that I find in my day-to-day -day troubleshooting that I don't know what I'm going to do with the video, but my friend Davina and I are going to work on it and kind of hit on all pop, IMAP, exchange, the weird address book, the weird calendar, you know, how they overlap and do so much stuff, and that'll be coming out probably next month or so. Um, now, another one of my favorite clients called in this week, and I love when they call in because it's always consistent. It's always every six months, and it's always the same problem. I've been helping them for about two years now, and whenever I know I get the call from them, it's because they, <laughs> they're some of my happy Gmail clients that do a ton of scheduling, and they love Gmail because they can sign up as many email accounts, I think, for free as they want because it's just IMAP. And they don't pay for the Google Apps. But uh, usually what happens is they get too much email in their inbox that they can't send anymore. That's typically their, their core problem. But sometimes it just gets slow. And they're using Outlook 2013. So what normally happens is they are running email in three mailboxes excuse me, three folders, the inbox, the important mail, and their sent mail. And this is all Gmail users with Outlook 2013. This is the commonality that they have, is that Gmail um, keeps that important folder. I've told you guys this before. The important email is a copy of just, I don't even know what Google thinks is important, but it's pretty much just a copy of everything, just like the all-mail folder that's in the Outlook 2010 IMAP, which to me, uh, I just, I have to deal with that all the time and I don't like it, but I just fix it. But 
the important folder, you just can't get rid of it unless you hide it in the IMAP. Um, it's in, let me see here, it's in Outlook 2013. It's in the folder, and it's under, I'll go find it here for you, folder, IMAP folders. So in there, you can go hide the folders, and it makes Outlook just work a lot better. But anyway, so these people, um, what happens is I usually build them for an hour, but I'm in their computer from three to five hours because I have to move hundreds and hundreds of, of emails and I have to sort them into um, archive folders per se. I do it by year usually. It's a good, you know, I always can count on that. And I do actually have quite a few clients that call me in. But, I mean, this company just happens to do a ton of emailing. And they're, they're just like, hey, we need a cleanup. And I consistently get it and I love it. Now, I have been battling GoDaddy again, and this time, it's getting serious. I'm really getting frustrated with this company. You know, the first thing is, I had a client that uh, said, well, hey, I went and bought the Office 365 from GoDaddy. I don't have it set up. I just am using the, I don't know, I'm using something. And I was like, okay, well, let me remote in. And he hadn't bought it yet, or he had bought it but not used it. So I said to him, well, look, your email's not migrated yet, so I can do a migration for you. I charge three fifty for that. Even though he's bought it from GoDaddy, I still do a full migration, you know. Uh, everybody gets the same thing, start to end. And he said, yeah, that sounds good. And then I think what he needed my help with was downloading the software. So since he bought the Office 365 from GoDaddy, the business one, he actually got um, software, but we couldn't get logged in. So we spent 15 minutes probably trying to mess around with this password. And finally I said, look, you need to call and get that password changed. And then call me back and then I will help you install the software. Okay, so then I'm remoted in. And he knows I'm remoted in. And I he's on the phone and I can see him doing some button playing on his computer. And at that point I, I don't look at the computer screen the whole time. I go off and do things or do my own email. I mean, I'm off the clock. And next thing I know, I peek in and I start seeing the migration information and click. The, and this, he's in a wizard. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Th this technician he's on the phone with is actually doing my $350 migration. I was like, really? Now, I'm not going to blame the tech or the client, but I just really am like, what they're doing is 5% of the job, in my opinion. They do the email migration. I don't even know if they can even... <laughs> migrate his email or not. I know they're going to do the server, the MX record changes, but I still, I didn't watch because I was just kind of like shell-shocked, like train wreck. Is this really happening? Like right now? So then the client calls me back and says, yeah, it's not done downloading yet. And I said, what do you mean downloading? He goes, yeah, they're downloading my mail. I go, did they put you through a migration? He goes, they're fixing the problem. I go, really? So anyway, I said, well, you, your, your software should be ready to download like right now. He goes, yeah, I'll just let you know when it's done downloading. <laughs> okay. I was like, okay. So we have a confused client, a GoDaddy technician that did not do what they were asked, which is standard. Uh, I don't even know what happened to this guy's email. He hasn't gotten back to me yet. And I'm going to probably follow up on Monday, but I'm really concerned because you know, I've, I've, I've got a lot of calls from people that said, GoDaddy just did the record change and all my stuff is not here, nothing's syncing. 
you know, they didn't do the importing of the old mail. And, and it's just kind of like I call them, you know, the bandits kind of out there. These techs are just crazy to just um, flip the trigger. And I had another client that said that their tech salesperson flipped the trigger and they didn't have email for four days because it, they had so much mail. It took forever to migrate over. And I said, that's why I do it myself. I do it right. I do it expert level and I get it done and you're not hosed up, you know, and it's just, um, I don't know. Then I found out yesterday or the day before that this big company called Aptix uh, sold their uh, cloud, they're calling it, but it's actually their exchange clients to GoDaddy. Now, if you don't know what Aptix is, they actually bought a company called Mail Street years ago that was a competitor of GoDaddy. <laughs> oh, I just, the thing is, back in the day when you were looking for hosted exchange and you didn't like GoDaddy and you went ahead to find another company, Mail Street was one of them. And then <laughs> to find out they had to get to Aptex and now they're back in GoDaddy's hands. So I'm going to, of course, try to market for that because one client called me yesterday and kind of filled me in on that. And he goes, I hate GoDaddy and I don't want to use them. And what am I going to do? And I said, well, everybody's a vendor now. You have to be a vendor of Microsoft's. I mean, only resellers pretty much use Microsoft, in my opinion. You know, like if you're a tech shop, you've got MSP clients, and you want to, you know, make some money off your monthly sales from your clients. Sure, you resell it, and you, you know, mark it up and make a good money. I, I happen to partner with a vendor, so I don't get uh, monthly uh, reseller uh, reselling accounts for my clients. I just get a commission off my sales every quarter, which I prefer. And my sales, or excuse me, my business model works great for that. But um, so anyway, I have to start getting out there to market, not only for that, but for just other GoDaddy stuff, because it's it's going to get messy here in the next few months with these Aptex clients. I, I have a feeling that they're going to be like, I don't want to, you know, go to GoDaddy, and there's other options. So if you are um, one of those people that was working with Aptex, uh, contact my my App River rep to find out more about their services because um, I'll tell you, you get really good service with this company and none of this BS you get from GoDaddy and hot to trot sales techs. <laughs> That's they are sales techs. Um, remember you can contact Steve Harris at App River, S Harris at AppRiver.com. He'll set you up with a good account and I promise you that you'll have a good rep. It's, it's good stuff there. But anyway, my second problem I had with GoDaddy was uh, about two weeks ago, maybe two and a half now, you know, I haven't sent out a newsletter since December. I mean, seriously, just haven't. And I sent one out that was very appropriate. I, I had actually cleaned up my list too. I only sent it out to people that have opened my email in the past because I was like, you know, why am I paying high dollar for this, uh, you know, for all these people that don't open my stuff or whatever. But anyway, Sent it out, got great open, 35%, which is awesome in newsletter world. And one person clicked spam. And after that, I've had nothing, excuse me, but bad, bad, bad problems. I got put on a blacklist, a spam list, only with GoDaddy. So what happened was a few days after the newsletter came out, I emailed a client and it came back to me with a bounce message. And it was from the GoDaddy's secure server. And I looked at it and I was like, ah, eh, that's a bounce. Uh, it said I was spam, but I, I was like, nah, it's just that one one person. A few days later, another one. 
then it was like every I mean, I have a lot of clients on GoDaddy system because before I worked with App River, I used GoDaddy. So I was putting, for, for years, I put clients on GoDaddy system. So now I can't even email. They're my own clients. So finally, I was like, okay, I definitely have a problem here. So just like everybody else, like you start to notice things, you're, you know, you, you got to figure it out yourself. Finally, I was like, okay, everybody is on GoDaddy. And they send you this thing to fill out that says, um, hey, you can report this and go, it says, um, please go to this secure server dot report form and put in some information. So the problem with that is, is that you really can't put in any notes. You have to put in the email, uh, name, the, the title of the email. You have to put a copy of the email in there. So for about a week and a half, I went back and forth with GoDaddy at least 10 times an email. I made five calls. I went up to a supervisor level twice, which, you know, is <laughs> you never can get to supervisors at GoDaddy because they don't exist, apparently. But I did. And I kept saying, look, I'm not on blacklist. I'm not this. It's you guys. It's your list. And finally, um, I got an email back. There's actually so much more crisis that happened from one of the people from the advanced care team which, by the way, you can't call because they have communication problems, obviously. They couldn't read my 10 emails. They don't know how to read either, <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Uh, they said that uh, the, the case has been closed. They didn't tell me if they fixed it or not. And they said, and as of now, we're no longer going to take email requests. I'm like, oh, yes, you are. You're just telling me that, so you shut me up. I mean, really? I emailed them no less than 10 times saying, do you not read my emails. I have sent you all the info. What happens? They kept sending me emails saying they didn't have enough information, and for me to send it again. And I was like, "I've sent you five different emails that complied with what you needed." Anyway, very frustrating. So I said to the supervisor, "How do you plan to help an average person that doesn't know anything about this stuff if they get on a blacklist or spam list?" I said, "So can me and you work together to make this process get fixed? Because if I was average Jane and I got a bounce." I'm on a blacklist, and I went and followed the instructions of this secure server dot spam report page, and I got replies back like from your advanced care team. I wouldn't know what to do. I'd be frustrated, and I'd be looking for help, which is maybe a person like me, who actually is a little more technical. And she was like, "Yeah, I know that. Just kind of is too bad, isn't it?" And I go, "Yeah, it is too bad that you are in a position to make a change, make a positive change here, but you're not opting to." And she was like, well, maybe I'll see if I can help. And I'm like, you really aren't going to help at all, are you? I just know. These people there don't care. And then actually, this is how I know she doesn't care is because I sent her an email. And she goes, oh, I didn't get it. I'm like, how many emails do you have there, girlfriend? I mean, really? So then she made me email. Hold on. For, I'm going to go look this up. The first email I sent her to was at secureserver.net. The second one was at a GoDaddy account. And I'm like, so then she said she got the second one. Like, you're not even getting any emails from me from Secure Server, so that's you know something's wrong. Ugh, so frustrating. So, anyway, I have to put on my big girl boots, like I said earlier, and I have to start looking into blacklisting and start uh, promoting that because I want to learn more about it. And, and to me, I love a good challenge when I don't know something and I love learning it, and then I can sell it. And the, the, that's what happened to me with Microsoft Exchange years ago. I didn't know what Exchange 
how to do an exchange migration. I knew what exchange was, and it took me about six months of finally beating it out of everybody to figure it out, and now it's just part of my world. That's what I want to do with blacklisting. That's my next goal. So to finish up the blacklist thing, if anybody knows about blacklisting and knows a lot about it, for sure email me because I'm definitely interested in uh, learning it, hiring you, or whatever because <laughs> part of the blacklist problem I had is they kept sending me to MX Toolbox and checking my spam list, which was always coming up fine. And then I went to other places and it said, you are on a blacklist, and it says, click here to be delisted. And half the time, there's no good instructions. So if someone goes out to Google how to get off a blacklist, you pretty much get put in circles. And I kind of feel that somebody needs to be the normal Ray here and help these people because I for sure am not the only person in the world getting blacklisted. And people will hire to get off a blacklist. So to me, I'm like, well, why don't they hire me if I can learn it <laughs> and market it? And I think I can do that. So, again, if you have uh, any knowledge in that area, email me, lisa at callthatgirl.biz. Okay, now we're going to jump into uh, some a topic this week. One is called Outlook Tune-Ups. And uh, this is something common that you folks can all do for people. Uh, a lot of times when they call in for me, they just need a nice little tune-up. But there's a few things that I do before a tune-up, which is also kind of like a pre-migration work as well. Um, things you just want to do to protect yourself, to make sure that you back up everything and not put the poor person in worse conditions, <laughs> which I get calls from texts that have, you know, tried to help their clients and they've made a bigger mess and so I have to go in and do the cleanup. But the first rule of thumb, if you're going to help anybody in Outlook, is to make sure before you even touch anything, is to make a good export of the calendars and contacts. And many of my people want contact cleanup, so have to do the backup first. And then I actually back it up to a CSV file. And if you need to know how to do that, Go check out my YouTube videos. I believe I have one out there on how to back that up. But uh, open up the CSV file and make sure that you see the data. And it somewhat matches. Usually it does match exactly, but sometimes it doesn't. So if it's off a few, it's okay. But if it's off by a thousand, it's not okay. <laughs> and sometimes people have three, four, five contact lists. It's messy. And a lot of times they want that cleaned up. So you have to end up just merging them all and... That's why I get paid the, the money I do to do all that stuff. But in Outlook Tune-Up, make sure you export the calendars and export the contacts. And if you feel it's necessary, make a backup of their PST files just to be preventative. And if you even want to go to the next step, make an export of their exchange. Because backing up, you could just not do it enough in my world and be preventative. And if the client's like, do you really have to do all this? Uh, yes, because... I'll tell you, you'll be the first one to get a call if it's messed up after your job, that you messed it up. So that's why backup is critical, because then you can go get information from the backup. And this is really important when you're dealing with IMAP. Like, IMAP, definitely export that out. <laughs> if you're going to do any work with IMAP, make sure you make a backup that's relatively close in size. A lot of times people when they call in for an Outlook tune-up, is they've just got numerous PST files in their um, documents folder, Outlook files, or in their app data in the hidden folders. And when people say, look, I've just got like 12 of them in there from past stuff. I don't need them anymore. Let's delete them. 
Well, learn from Lisa. I never delete anymore. I've learned to tell the clients, if you want that deleted, I will tell you it hasn't been used in a year, and you hit the delete button, because I am no longer going to delete anything anymore. And I'm very clear with clients why I don't, why I don't delete. Uh, I do give good expectations that, yes, that file is, you know, over a year, hasn't been touched. It says last, you know, touched pretty much. But if you need that data, it's permanently gone. And I'm not going to permanently do a hard drive recovery for you. <laughs> so uh, I tell people, look, if it's not very big, just leave it or make a copy of it and put it onto an external hard drive and shovel it away. You'd be surprised what people will think of that they need after they've deleted stuff. That's why deleting, the only time I really do it is when someone's in a state of despair in an IMAP situation. And I still make the client do the deleting. Honestly, it, it sometimes you just have to delete. But uh, I like the word moving and copying. Makes it a much better world for me. Uh, so an Outlook tune-up, back to that, can uh, be the backing up of the context and calendars, cleaning up the PST files. If you've got Outlook 2007, a tune-up is usually upgrading to 2013. You have to just kind of give the clients a little heads up that uh, it's a little different. It's blue. It looks a little floaty, not so hardcore, doesn't have all the thick lines. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's an upgrade, and most people don't complain after they get used to it. So let's say you have a client with 2007 and they do upgrade. You could do a little tune-up in their Outlook 2013 by removing the add-ins, and that's in, let me open up mine, it's in the File, Options, Add-ins. Then at the bottom it says Manage, Com, Add-ins, hit, hit Go, rather, and just uncheck all the junk that they don't need. Make sure that you talk to them about their junk they don't need because sometimes they do use something and they need it, so just leave it. Outlook 2013 tends to open much better when it has less add-ons. And sometimes uh, people have Adobe, iCloud, Natural Speaking Dragon. I mean, they've got just tons of stuff. TeamSpeak, I mean, it just doesn't end. And most people don't need all that. And then that will actually make their Outlook open faster. As well, in the Options area, there's an Advanced tab. If you scroll down to about three-fourths the way down, you can disable the Graphics Accelerator, which slows down Outlook because that's, that's a new feature. I think because everything's so floaty now that they think you need a Graphics Accelerator. Well, most people have decent graphics cards, so they don't need it, and it makes Outlook just open better. Okay, now another thing that people have problems with is enormous PST size. So if you keep in mind that Outlook 2003 had a 2 gig limit, and usually you could go over the 2 gigs, but sometimes you couldn't, and it locked you out. But see, back then, we weren't email hoarders. People actually were okay with deleting stuff. They emptied their deleted items all the time, and we didn't have the enormous amounts of email we do now because of social media. So 12, 15 years ago, email was a lot different. Um, I barely got lockout calls back then, but then you moved up to 2007 when they gave you a lot more space. I don't remember the exact amount, but I know, I think it was in 2010 when they gave you 20 gigs. They might have gave you 20 in 2007 too, now I think about it. But, but now people are like, well, I can have 20 gigs. Okay, I get it. But, you know, you can't actually have 20 gigs in an Outlook PST file and have Outlook not be handicapped. 
I mean, it's <laughs> it's like putting a 500-pound person into a tiny Volkswagen. It just is difficult. Yeah, someone can get in the car, but they're not going to be comfortable. That is how I look at people with 20 gigs of email in their Outlook in 2007 or 2010. We have to separate it. So what I do is I move mail to kind of balance the PST files. That's kind of in a tune-up, really, because people don't understand that they have, well, here's what they understand is they need every single email they've sent, they've got or deleted, including junk, and it's just like it's, we think in this technology age we have that people don't want stuff, but they want it. They want it and they need it and they will go find it. Trust me, if you delete it, they will go look for it. So that's why you never delete. Okay. The other thing is if they have IMAP, um, IMAP is the first thing that corrupts more than anything else. So check the size of the mailbox and Outlook. Find out the IMAP size. Go look on the uh, go look for the OST file in Outlook to make sure that they're similar. And if they're not similar, there's corruption. Third thing you can do is go to their email portal and go look at the size there. And if all three don't match, you need to get a fresh IMAP download to match the server, period. Because Outlook at that point has two different uh, size that isn't matching, no good. The server has to match. And that's a tune-up sometimes. Uh, people will just say things aren't working, it's overloaded, and IMAP corrupts, and especially Gmail, my favorite, uh, definitely has problems. Also, another thing you want to do before you do a tune-up is make sure that you check their autofill, which is called stream underscore autostream, I think. I forget the exact name of it, but anyway, it's in the app data file. Drill down to local, Microsoft, Outlook, and in their Rome cache. And there, take a copy of the biggest file you can see, make a copy of it, because if you mess something up in their Outlook and their addresses are gone, you will be in trouble. Because you have to go fix that, because it worked before you helped them. And we all know those are our favorite tech words. It worked before you helped me. So that's, um, that's a tip that takes you five seconds to do, is go back up their auto cache. And then if something goes wrong, you can import it back in. All right, folks, I think that is it in my tune-ups. Basically, people have too much mail, too many problems, and take your time with Outlook. Don't hurry it. It's never worth it. Um, looking at my list to see if there's anything else from the jobs I want to talk about real quick. Mm, I think we're... Oh, I am going to mention that there's a new update with SharePoint and OneDrive coming out. And the minute it is out, I'm going to be diving in and learning it and adding that back to my service package. I really have felt sad for the past year that I took it off my website because I was getting a lot of clicks for it, a lot of calls for it too. And I was very disappointed that I couldn't support it anymore due to technical frustrations. But um, as soon as the new release is out, I'm going to be the first one jumping in and getting in there and learning it. And I'll be sharing it with you folks as well. Um, I got an email from OneDrive saying that they're not supporting groups anymore. And I was like, I didn't even know I was in a group. I, I, it's just like, who put me in a group? Ugh. Anyway, so I know that there's some changes coming. I'm looking forward to it. And uh, SharePoint is something that clients still want. And I feel disappointed I have to tell them it's not trustworthy, but they get it. Because usually they've tried it and there's been problems already. <laughs> so anyway, uh, don't forget... Uh, to give some love to my sponsor, AppRiver. And uh, just as a reminder, 
that the one reason why I love working with them so much is that they make sales and tech support easy for me. I don't have to waste my time on the phone with Microsoft for hours and hours and hours. I just have the clients call to AppRiver and their first level techs kick, take care of it. And if it needs to go to engineering level, it's, it's not even something we have to deal with versus being on the phone and making all the calls and, and it saves me from having to learn all the deep exchange administration, which is not really what I want to do in my life or in my business. And um, I just really appreciate having a good company I can rely on and my clients can rely on. They're open 24-7 and their email support is great. So if your business is looking to start offering Office 365 and exchange and email security and all that, email my rep, Steve Harris, sharris at appriver.com. Hi, folks. I think I'm a wrapper up here. Uh, reminder, if you want to check out my ebooks, you can go to callthatgirl.biz slash publications. And I just released a new little nugget called How to Start a Computer Repair Business. Um, it's a little ebook. I took it off of a blog series I did. I think I talked about this last show. But I actually got it out and it's released and it's 10 bucks. And if anybody buys my ebook set now, I will email you a free copy of the other one. And the reason why is because you already own a computer repair business, so you don't need to buy the book. But the book still has a lot of little nuggets in there for marketing and things I've done. So if you're, it's a bonus freebie. Um, and then i got the videos coming soon. I'm excited about that. i tell you, making those videos is a lot of work. Anyway, okay, I'm going to close it up. This has been a PodNotes production. Audio supported by Mitch Hammond. Thanks again to our sponsor at River. Be sure to check out the other PodNuts podcasts. Podnuts Daily, Android App Addicts, Linux for the rest of us, and the Geeksters. If you have a show, excuse me, if you have a story you want to share and be a guest on the show, contact Lisa at callthatgirl.biz. You can check me out on all the social media outlets, Twitter, YouTube, uh, G Plus, Facebook. I think that's all I'm doing. <laughs> I ain't doing it anymore. I'm tired of it all. And uh, next show will probably be after I'm landed in Vegas, and it might be on YouTube. So make sure you subscribe to my channel to check it out because it will be live, I hope. That's YouTube.com slash Call That Girl. Thanks a lot for listening, folks. See you next time.